0: The Fibber McGee, and Molly Show. NBC and Tums present Pepper McGee, and Molly Transcribed. The show was written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hunter. Pepper and Molly will be with you in a minute. This is Don Wilson for Tums. If you've ever tried Tums, you know how fast they act to give relief to the discomfort of acid indigestion or heartburn. If you've never tried Tums, try them the next time acid indigestion strikes. See what I mean when I say Tums give don't wait relief. There's no waiting for bottles, glasses, spoons, or water. You take Tums then and there, wherever you are, and you don't wait for relief. Tums really act fast. Yet, there's no worry about acid rebound or over alkalizing. That's because Tums contain a gentle form of calcium that acts as a scientific buffer. Tums stop working automatically the instant excess stomach acid is neutralized. So, do as millions do. Always carry economical Tums in pocket or purse. Ten cents a roll. Ever since Mrs. Molly McGee was identified yesterday as Citizen X in the Big Merchants Contest, the phone's been ringing like crazy at 79 Wistful Vista.
1: Yes, Mabel, it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, All the stores have been sending me gifts all day long for being their Citizen X. Yes. Isn't it exciting? Hey, Molly. Just a minute, dearie. I'll call you later, Mabel. I just got another gift from Mama the Merchant. Bye. On
2: the floor. Well, I thought.
1: it. Sit that on the coffee table there. Isn't that pretty? Mm. It says, Thanks to Citizen X for bringing the crowds downtown. Mm. Isn't mm-hmm. it wonderful of all the merchants to send me these presents?
2: Yes, well.
1: Which hat do you like better with my new coat? The black one or the blue one?
2: Gee whiz, Molly, why didn't you tell me you were Citizen X? Here I go running all over town like I'm
1: it. sorry, McGee, I couldn't tell you. I made me promise not to tell anyone, not even you. Well, you didn't
2: have to come right out and tell me. You could have just hinted a little. Hinted? You could have said that Citizen X was somebody that every morning I ate breakfast across from. Some little undirect hint like that. That wouldn't be telling me. Well, it's all
1: over now, sir. Yeah, all
2: over town that Citizen X's husband, stupid McGee, lived right with her the whole time and never caught
1: on. Oh, people won't say anything like that at all. No. Look, we made out pretty well with this contest, sweetheart. The Merchants Association getting a check for $200. Just look at all these nice presents. a coat from the Bon Ton, Hats from the chapeau, chateau. Stockings. Cosmetics. Yeah,
2: but to keep a secret from your own husband. Just for a few measly trinkets.
1: And look, from Kramer's Drugstore. Some nice cigars for you. Mm-hmm. Alfalfa Corona. Alfalfa Coronas?
2: No. No, I can't. You're the one who said it's next. They're yours.
1: But I don't smoke cigars. Even when you're not home, I don't sneak them. Honest, I don't.
2: Well, I'm not smoking them either.
1: Oh, McGee, stop acting silly. Go on, take them.
2: People around town say that I'm living off my wife. No, sir. Not me, I don't.
1: Heavenly sir. It's
2: bad enough everywhere I go, people are gonna stop and point me out in the street and say, there goes Mr. Citizen X. And ask me how it feels to be married to a celebrity. A what? A celebrity. You know, you're the man of the hour, ain't you? Everyone's talking about you. After the paper comes out tonight, they'll all be reading about you. Oh, You'll be a celebrity.
1: you don't feel that way.
2: Well, it's true. That newspaper guy that was over here this morning didn't come by to start you on a delivery route.
1: Is that why you left the house when he started to interview me? Because you're upset?
2: Who's upset? He just didn't want to horn in, that's all. This is your deal, not mine.
1: I don't be like that.
2: Like what? I'm happy for you. This is your big day. Last thing in the world I don't want to do is spoil it. What are you doing?
1: I'm going to call the Merchants Association and give back the money and have them come and take back the gift. Hello? Operator? Operator?
2: Now, now, wait a minute, kiddo. Uh, Leave us not lose our heads. Uh, After all, uh, 200 bucks is a lot of dough.
1: There isn't enough money in the world to make up for causing my husband one moment's unhappiness. Operator?
2: Put the phone down, kiddo. Let's be sensible.
1: Boy. I'm sorry, McGee, but if this is going to cause you one moment... Hi, Johnny!
3: Hi, daughter! Say, what you got your finger on the phone hook for, daughter? You can't make a call that way. The connection's dead.
2: Oh, dear. I thought you were kind of anxious to give away
3: $200. $200? Is the Citizen X contest starting all over again? You are Citizen X, daughter. What? You heard me tell her, Johnny. Let's have the money. Boy, wait till Bessie hears about this.
2: Take it easy, old-timer. The contest isn't starting again.
3: But you said daughter here was giving away $200.
2: Well, she ain't. The whole thing was my fault, and, and, kiddo, I apologize. I've been acting like a fool. Let's kiss and make up.
3: Well, I appreciate the offer, but that won't be necessary, Johnny. (laughs) Let's just call it a misunderstanding and let it go at that.
2: I wasn't talking to you. Oh. What'd you come over here for, anyhow? Anything?
3: Yep, I got some stuff in the truck for daughter here. present from
1: the market. Oh my goodness, my things,
3: Madam Citizen X. We, the members of the Market Division of the Merchants Association, present you with this stuff as a token of our appreciation for the business you bring us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's the bugle call
3: for? First gift, yes, What is? It? Six cases of Bugle Brand Tabasco sauce. <laughs> Remember, for a real hot lick, try Bugle.
1: Bring
2: it in, boys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now, really, your market didn't need to no, do No, she this. appreciates the honor, but... Set it there,
2: boys. Next,
3: six groats of garlic cloves. Ooh. Case of canned rutabaggers. Fifty pounds of watermelon rind for pickling.
1: Heavenly days.
3: Now, case of rutabaggers. Dozen bicarbonate. <laughs>
0: fun with the McGee's shortly. Democracy and education go hand in hand because each depends upon the other. The importance of education and good schools is an American tradition that goes back to the earliest days of our nation. The fact is, our whole way of life is based upon our public school system. And in a way, our pride in our schools is as important as our pride in our country. Today, a serious situation in our schools is rising caused by an unprecedented increase in our population. Our schools must be made adequate in both numbers and facilities to take care of millions more children. In many communities, new and larger school buildings are needed. Classes are crowded and there just aren't enough teachers to do a good job. In other communities, school facilities are old-fashioned and inadequate. It's up to every citizen to find out just what the conditions are in the schools in his community. Take an interest in your schools by working with local civic groups and school boards. If you need help in improving conditions, write National Citizens Commission for Public Schools, New York City.
1: Is it Dr. Gamble called again a while ago. Why don't you call him back? That's the third time he's phoned you. No, the heck with It's not important. How about Mark Poops? We didn't call him back either. I
2: got nothing to talk to that new mouth about.
1: Is this Citizen X thing still bothering you? No, no, of
2: course not. What makes you say that?
1: Well, you haven't left the house all day. You won't talk to anybody on the phone. Look, dearie, nobody's going to prove you because you didn't catch on that I was Citizen X. So, why?
2: Oh, no. You don't think Doc Gamble's going to let a chance like this get by, do you? He'll make my life miserable. Ah. You don't know how it feels to be in an embarrassing position where a guy needs a friend, and his best friend comes along and razzes the pants off of him and hoots at him and tells the whole town he's a dunce.
1: Oh, McGee, Dr. Gamble's never done anything like that to you before, so why no, should he... No,
2: but I did it to him once. Now's his chance to get even. And he will, too. You know how them elephants are. They never forget.
1: Oh, you're just being silly.
2: Oh, yeah? Well, if you think, oh, my gosh, whose car is that pulling up out in front now? It's him.
1: All right, now, just...
2: The big hip stabber. Probably been stropping that razor-edged tongue of his all day so he can cut me to ribbons. And I'm not going to give him the chance.
1: Wait, where are you going?
2: Out the back way. I'll hide in the garage till... Watch
1: the Christmas tree?
2: I see. Look, I'll go hide in the garage till you get rid of him. Tell him I can't see him. Tell him I'm sick. No, that won't work, will it? Tell him I'm out, and I will be. But
1: McGee, now, work. don't run off like I'll that. I'll
2: see you later, kid, or after you get rid of old horse laughs. Better grab a cool pork chop or something. I may have to stay in that garage all afternoon. Oh, my gosh, I can't even wait to grab food. I'll slide out this back door and duck into the... Going somewhere, my boy? Mm-hmm. No, not now, I'm not. What are you doing sneaking in our back door, lard bucket?
4: I wasn't sneaking in. Just pulled my car into your driveway, my boy, and this was handier, so I... <gasps>
1: And Doctor Gamble at the front door. It was Mister Wimple. He's in the living room. He wants to talk to you. Wimp? Oh, hello,
4: Doctor Gamble. Hi, Molly. For some reason, my little pal here wouldn't talk to me on the phone, so I thought I'd drop by and pay my respects in person.
2: Here it comes. All right, come on inside, Petro. Let's get it over with. Over with?
1: Come along, Doctor. What's he
4: talking about, Molly?
1: Oh,
4: he has some strange idea. Watch it. Oh, sorry. Hello, Dr. Gamble. Oh, hello. And hello,
2: Mr.
3: McGee. Hi. Mr. McGee, may I shake your hand? My hand? Either one, it doesn't matter. I consider it an honor because you are my ideal.
2: Oh, you got the wrong party, Wimp. I wasn't the one who was hit next.
3: Molly was. I know. And to have known all along as you did, and to keep a secret in snow, sleet, hail, and all kinds of weather. Goodness,
4: how did you do it?
2: Known all along that Molly was citizen X? Oh,
4: stop acting so sorry, McGee. Huh? It doesn't fit that sweet, lovable, blabbermouth personality we all know so well. In fact, I was really on my way here to razz the pants off you till I picked up tonight's paper. Here's the story on page one. Let's see that.
1: Yes, our paper hasn't come yet. Oh, no!
4: Isn't that a lovely
3: picture of Mr. McGee there? Next to you, Mrs. McGee? Wonderful.
1: Me, but I didn't... The paper insisted on it, dearie. I gave them the one in your World War One uniform. It's the only one I could find. I look like your mother.
2: Hey, what's this all about?
4: I Oh, stop me. kidding. Read it, my boy.
2: Loud. Yes. Yeah, come on, McGee, read it. Mm-hmm. In an exclusive interview with the Gazette this morning, Citizen X, Mrs. Molly McGee admitted that one other person besides contest officials knew her true identity. Yeah. Her husband shared the secret with her from the start, and it must have taken great strength of character to keep quiet under such exciting circumstances. Hmm. Not only did Mr. Medu keep the secret, but on several occasions he personally led the hunt for Citizen X, thus averting suspicion from his wife and aiding the contest greatly. The desert salutes you... Fever McGee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hooray! Ah, oh, sure. Isn't that nice?
4: Oh, you sly little devil. I've heard of poker faces,
2: but you... You had
3: have...
1: everybody
4: seemed her, right?
2: <laughs> well, gee whiz. Well, it wasn't easy, but... Well, when you got strength of character and a real sweet wife... Well,
1: oh,
0: We'll say goodnight to February and Molly in a moment. Comedy entertainment is high on the list of favorite radio programs for all listeners polled in a recent survey. And comedy entertainment is what you'll hear tomorrow night when you set your radio dial to this same NBC station. There's a world of fun when it's time for Groucho Marx and You Bet Your Life, the quiz game that takes second place to the comedy questions Groucho springs during his interviews with contestants from the studio audience. It's a fun fact edition of Question Marks and Laughs each time Groucho Marx plays You Bet Your Life. Be sure to hear this wonderful show tomorrow evening on the NBC Radio Network. And we know that you'll also want to make a date with Water Commissioner Doc Morton P. Gildersleeve. The Great Gildersleeve is always bumbling his way into unpredictable situations that make the laughs flow thick and fast. Be sure to be on hand tomorrow night when it's time for The Great Gildersleeve on the NBC Radio Network. More fun for Wednesday evenings comes with Bill Cullen's fast-paced walk-a-mile quiz show. Radio entertainment on Wednesdays is most enjoyable when you set your dial to this station.
2: When I walked into that Elks Club tonight, two of them guys crowded around me like skaters around a bonfire. Good. I will never too quiet about it, they said. I couldn't have kept a secret like that if it was my wife, they said. <laughs> Boy, are you a poker face, they said.
1: <laughs> what did you say? Oh, nothing. I just smiled
2: like Mona Lisa and walked away.
1: <laughs> a very wise move. Good night. Good night, Al. <laughs>
0: NBC and Tums have brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed with Bill Thompson as the old-timer in Wallace Wimple and Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Gamble. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again tomorrow night for another visit with Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Laugh with Senator Ford and can you top this on the NBC radio network.
1: Um... Mm.